This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. Thank you all, and thank you, <clears throat> Soshan. It's easy for really easy for us to come in here and just listen and enjoy and be moved to tears or laughter and not think about the amount of work that you guys have to do each week. Not only coming up with a song list, but the preparation. You look at the topics and you come up with much better than what I could ever have, ever have <laughs> suggested. So I'm grateful for that. I'm gonna step back down here and get my water. Thank you. The understatement of the year might be that life is tough sometimes. I think the other understatements we usually try our best to avoid it. I know I do, and hopefully not as bad as I used to, because I really used to strive really greatly to avoid any sense of emotional pain. But I remember one day in May of 2010, almost 14 years ago, I walked in through the back door of my house, came in around the table, and got up to the chair, and this wave of grief and pain hit me, and I collapsed on the chair. And I collapsed in a puddle of tears, and as I laid there crying so hard, both wanting to die for the pain to stop, and then simultaneously think I was going to die, because I was crying so hard I couldn't breathe. And in the midst of that, crying out, why? Why? See, seven months before that, I had moved from England. I'd been living in England, and I moved back to the States. And this is when I was still a Christian minister, but I had taken a position with a church down in North Carolina overseeing their local humanitarian aid efforts. This is after I'd been to Palestine the first time. Come back, and they had a mobile food program that was feeding about 1,000 people a week. And right, when I, right as I accepted that position, my now ex-wife at the time, wife at the time, said, no, I'm not coming. And I said, okay, I'll come back to England. She said, no. The marriage is too difficult. We're too different. Now, I don't know if you know anything about churches and the Christian community down south, but divorce is not something that's highly smiled upon. (laughs) And so for several months, so I went to, well, first I went to the church board and said, hey, this is what's happening. This is what my wife is saying. I don't know what's going to occur. And the church's response was, That's okay. No matter what happens, we'll love you through it. Which is, if you've ever interacted with Christians, that's not always the case. (laughs) But then people kept asking me, when's your wife coming? And I was still holding out this hope against hope that she would. So I didn't want to say that she wasn't. And I was like, well, we're still working it out. And this was a large church. It had averaged about eight, 900 people on Sunday morning. We had three services back to back to back. And between, when's your, Kelly, we're glad you're here. When's your wife coming? Well, you know, still, you know. 
not wanting to lie, but you know, not wanting to tell people what's not their business anyway. You know, we don't always have to tell everything we know. And then, finally, maybe March, it was really clear she wasn't coming. I went back to England, efforts of reconciliation wasn't happening. So one Sunday morning, I stood up, and in three different sermons, back to back to back, to about eight or nine hundred people said, I'm going through a divorce. My wife isn't coming. Now, I don't know if you've ever gone through a divorce. It's tough to do that privately. But with about a thousand people watching, it's pretty damn tough. And here I was at May, and I was like, walked in the door, and this grief and this pain hit me, and I collapsed. And I was like, why? And I was like, when is it going to stop? When is this pain going to stop? And when I was asking why, it really wasn't why. What I was really asking was, why me? Why is this happening to me? And really, I didn't know why. The whys were really just shouts of exclamation, of pain, and of grief. And I found myself going through this, trying to go through this healing process. You know, the whole question about pain and why do bad things happen to good or innocent people? It's a question that's really hard to answer, and I surely can't do it all in 20 minutes here this morning. You know, we just had some folks doing a grief ceremony here for the past three days, with part of it wrapping up today, the final component being today. So the question really is, is do we just come to suffer? And something in me, and the theology I have, I'm really grateful for Reverend Sylvia's message last week where she went through the five principles. Indicates that we're just not here to suffer. But that earth and the planet and human life is a school. And we come to grow and learn and evolve. And as we evolve, as I evolve, and my human consciousness and my vibration raises, and I come back and grow more and elevates more, and as we do that collectively... It raises the vibration of the planet. Now, that does not negate the pain, though. <laughs> that shit still sucks. It's really hard. And anything I say here today, I do not want to diminish any pain you might have gone through or are going through. Because it's real and it's powerful. And it has such an impact on us. But we usually try our best to avoid it. And really... That's what I had been doing. I would kind of run up to the pain. I'd get close and I'd cram it back down. There's a word for that. It's called denial. And one of the roles that I do is, is working with hospice patients is helping them whatever sense of denial they have about their impending decline of body and crossing over from physical to non-physical. How do we get past that denial? But the thing about denial is, and why it might keep us from pain, it also keeps us from healing. Because it's still there. And as others before me have said, we have to feel it to heal it, which I really hate, but it's true. 
Years ago, I used to be a welder, and I took a welding class. And one of the things, some of the theories of welding is where you weld, that break will be stronger than the metal itself was before. And the theory behind it is you're taking the broken pieces, you're adding heat, and then a binding or a mending element. It's often called a welding rod, welding wire. And all those things together take something that was broken and makes it whole. One of the things that often happens with our grief and our pain is we often think, that's it. Whatever has been lost, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, maybe it's a loved one, maybe it's a house, we think there's no more, that that's the end. Oh, there's never going to be another him or another her. There's never another job. There's no any more money. There's no more houses. And that really puts us in a place of scarcity mentality. We're saying there's no more. And as Reverend Sylvia shared last week, we are co-creators of our reality. What we think we tend to produce. And I think about some of the hardships in my life. I really don't like that concept. <laughs> But it's often from this place of experience and woundedness that people develop programs. They develop activities. They journey along with others in similar situations to provide comfort, maybe to prevent a situation, or maybe just to be with someone and say, hey, I've been there. I might not know exactly what you're going through, but I know what pain feels like. When we think about that welding, we think about our heart being broken in pieces. We change that analogy a little bit. And if we think about the pieces of our heart, the heat of our pain and that mending presence of source, of spirit. That collaboration can bring about a healing. But it takes the heat of the pain, and it takes the presence of source. Because I can put a lot of broken pieces back together, and it's not whole, they're just really close. But for us, and I think particularly in a Western society, we don't embrace the pain. We don't embrace the healing. We want it to occur, but we're really not inclined for the process. And I get it. It's no fun. But I think when we allow Source to come in, when we engage the pain, and allow Source to heal us. Just with that weld, we become stronger than we were before. 
and it's in that place of healing and of mending and of repairing and of rejoining that we're in a stronger place to share love and to share light to engage with each other and the community around us I know that this morning some of us we might be in the midst of that some of you might have like seen the, the title of the topic and be like I don't know what this dude's talking about but I ain't going <laughs> I don't want to take a chance of like my pain getting pricked and touched and tears starting to flow and you might be watching online because you're just like I couldn't show up and do this today or it might be like you're watching this a, a month from now and like I couldn't even watch it then and I finally get in the point to do it I get that. And I get that a lot of us might be in a place of hurt or unresolved pain. The thing is, we're spiritual, but we have this human experience. And it's not easy. And I realize that today and this talk might have brought up something for some of us. You might be swallowing really, really hard right now. Trying to keep it down. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask for Dave to come up and play softly. And maybe us, if you're inclined, to close your eyes. Maybe take a deep breath or two. Maybe envision roots coming from the base of your spine and the soles of your feet going down to Mother Earth who nurtures us and cares for us. And then maybe you envision and sense light and love from source coming in through the top of your head. That mending influence that joins with you in those broken pieces of your heart and the heat of the pain. And joins together, making stronger. another deep breath or two feel that light from source coming in and coming through balancing healing mending and restoring taking another deep breath letting go anything that's ready to be released maybe those pieces of your heart getting a little closer together you if you like gently open your eyes 
return back to us. See, this is an inclusive sanctuary. Not only spiritually or genderly diverse, it's inclusive. So maybe you don't feel like celebrating today. That's okay. You're welcome. You're welcome here just as you are. the power of the pain is transforming you. And my hope for each of us today is that maybe even a slight bit we walk out those doors just a little more healed, a little more hopeful, and a little more encouraged than when we came in. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste.